Welcome to this Niche AudioCast. I'm Angela Brown, Senior Enrollment Insights Leader at Niche. Today, you're going to hear a webinar that's been converted to a podcast so you can listen to it on the go. You can find all of the resources that are mentioned here and the original recording on the Enrollment Insights blog, which you can find at niche.bz insights. Enjoy. Okay, everyone, it's a little after two Eastern, so we're going to go ahead and get started. If you're on the East Coast, good afternoon and welcome. If not, good morning. Um, we have a great group of school leaders for our panel today, and I'll let them introduce themselves in just a minute, but I want to go over some housekeeping first. Um, so the event will be recorded, so if you'd like to come back to it later or share it with a colleague, we'll post it to our Enrollment Insights blog. And we'll also be sharing it out via email, so keep an eye out for that tomorrow. Um, we also have a number of questions ready to go, but we want to hear from you too. So if you have questions or comments, you can enter those in the chat box, which you should see off to the right of your screen. Um, and then we'll take questions as we go, or if you want to hold them for the end, you're welcome to do that as well. Also, before I get started, I want to set the stage for how we're defining proof points in this discussion. I know that can be a little bit more of a business term, so I want to make sure we're all aligned on what we're talking about today. Um, and essentially, proof points are evidence of the claims that you're making about your schools in your marketing admissions materials. So that could include anything from testimonials from parents, students, and faculty to things like school rankings or data points about student performance or outcomes. And we have lots of questions about data today. So let's go ahead and get into introductions. Dean, we'll start with you and then we'll jump to Megan and then Joe. Well, thank you for letting me be part of this panel. I'm, I'm excited to be here with all of you. My name is Dean J. Fusto. Um, I am president of Brandon Hall School in Atlanta. We're a six through PG uh, international day and boarding school. Um, so in addition to being the head of school, I'm also the director of advancement. So I, I am deeply involved in marketing, communications, and thus a lot of the work that I've done over the last five or six years with, with the platform niche. So uh, again, excited to be here. I hope we could all learn from each other. Thank you. Hi, everybody. I'm uh, Megan Hodgen. I'm the Director of Marketing and Communication at Oaknell School of the Holy Child. We are a private Catholic uh, pre-K to 12 school in Summit, New Jersey. And I've been at Oaknell. Um, this is my eighth year, which is hard to believe. But um, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Good afternoon, I am Joe Thoburn. I'm the president and CEO of the Fairfax Christian School, which is a K-12 school in the Washington DC market. We're out by Dulles International Airport. Um, we've been taking international students since 1963, so that's a part of what we do. Um, I've been head of school for 20 years and I took over from my father-in-law who founded the school back in 1961. Perfect, thank you. So our first question is also one that we received in advance from an attendee. And this is something that comes up a lot, especially when it comes to getting testimonials from parents. So I'd love to hear each of you talk about how your schools currently gather these types of proof points to use. And if you have any formal processes in place for gathering that kind of information. Sure, I, I can take that, um, I can start. So we don't really have a formal process, I'll be candid. Um, it's It's been kind of um, 
handpicked the where we'll, you know you, you people can go online um, and, and leave us reviews on on niche private school review Google Facebook um, but you know we we have reached out to specific families that we know are happy with the school and we ask them to, to leave a review or consider leaving a review um, we also have parent ambassadors that are um, that work uh, very closely with our admission team and we ask them to leave reviews um, so we also reach out to our committee members, ask them to leave reviews. It's usually the people that are very involved in the school. Um, but yeah. One of the things we do that's a little bit more formal is every quarter I just send out an, a, a short email to our students and our parents and our faculty and I ask one question and that's, how are things going? And um, taking the feedback from that, which is also often parents will write me long testimonials on how they love the school, then we ask those parents if they wouldn't mind posting that to social media. Um, and it also helps us find um, places we need to improve. So it's 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 sort of you get you get both when you get responses for, from that. But um, we've just sort of have that it's automatically goes out quarterly, and then we take the feedback and we ask parents to post or we. Um, fix any problems that we find. Yeah, I think uh, I think for me, the better word um, other than formal would be intentional. And I just think that comes out of the five or six years now I've been working um, with Nish directly. And I, I think it's just become routine. Uh, and I kind of borrow from the advancement world. It, it comes down to making an ask, you know, and of course you're gonna, you're gonna try to target those that that love you and are happy with your school but it, it really that that for me is the is the bottom line making making time scheduling time every week to kind of figure out who would be someone who could write a great testimonial for us so yes much more intentional and routine at this point that's great and as a follow-up for megan and dean do you provide any sort of um, parameters or guidelines to families when you reach out to them and ask for these reviews yeah, uh, we do, we do. Um, we give them a, just a one-page quick hit sheet of paper, um, and it's just a PDF that we email them. But um, it does have some guidelines. It, it doesn't tell them what to say uh, by any means. We want their review to be honest. Um, we don't want to color it in, in any way. But we do, you know, ask them to make sure that their review is about their own experience. That's the number one um, item that we make sure that they know. But we also just give them directions, links to the various sites, uh, things like that, just to make it very easy for them so that they're, they're not guessing um, about the location that we want them, uh, you know, to post. But yeah, so I, yeah, there's a, a very easy one, one sheet of paper we send them. Well, I always include a link, obviously, to our page and, and then a little bit of guidance on how you can write a review, how you could even start an account, because I know you've um, also had some promotions in the company where students can win scholarships or families can can learn about that um, for submitting reviews or just starting accounts has nothing to do with what you rank or rate so those are just some great opportunities and we try to kind of co-promote that as well that's great and a quick question for megan would you be willing to share a pdf of the the one pager that you send to parents for us sure. to include in the resources afterwards i think that would be Happy great to share People share with me, so um, what's mine is yours. <laughs> That's what's so great about this industry. We're so great at sharing with each other, which is great. 
Um, so another question, and this one is a little bit more tactical. If you are using proof points that relate to data, we know that sometimes similar to the parent reviews, we have to rely on other people to get us what we need in marketing and admissions, right? So how do you get buy-in from your colleagues to provide that information to you and help them understand why this is important? Um, we're, well, we're, we're very transparent with, I mean, internally with faculty, staff, even, you know, um, board members, letting them know that this is a platform we really value, that a lot of our students come to us through research on it. And there are ways that if they're engaged with it, can really help the school and help our marketing. So I think just from that perspective, that's something pretty direct. And then when you start to look at when needles start to, when the needle starts to move historically over time, you can go to that and say, look, you know, at one point we were, you know, whatever out of 7,000 schools, look at what's changed. Just because we've added more positive reviews or more people are going in, logging in, taking the time to put in their scores, uh, the SAT scores and things like that. So I, I just think making it practical for people and letting them see that their action really does have a good connection to an outcome. Right. Megan? Yeah, I, I think it's all about just reinforcing that message of why, you know, why am I asking for this? I, I mean, I've, I can't really think of a time where somebody's given me pushback um, because I've explained what it's being used for, uh, where it's going to go and, and why. So I, you know, I, I think people, um, I might just be lucky over here in my school um, that we work with people that are very understanding and support the mission and support, um, you know, the, the goals and strategies of my office, which, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think always was the case. Marketing communications, while it's not new, I think the, the, um, it's just, it's been a, a role that's morphed a bit. So, um, you know, I, I think that over the years it's become more visible and, you know, people really understand what we're trying to do and, and that's because we're very vocal about it. So if I'm asking you for something, it's I'm telling you why and, and showing you the importance of it. That's great. So to go back to, we, we talked about things like testimonials and rankings. Are there specific types of proof points or messages that your schools are focusing on more than others? Uh, so I'll, I'll take that. Um, so, I mean, we of course put out student outcomes. That's the number one for us. So it's, you know, whether it's our college list, secondary school placement, and we do a lot of that. Um, but, you know, we do, we, we focus on reviews, testimonials, awards. Um, I, I would say the biggest though, you know, we're trying to figure out, you know, proof points related to social and emotional right now. And that's becoming a little, that's a little more difficult to kind of quantify. So I, I think that's something that is on the horizon for me to try and figure that out. But, um, I'd say the biggest ones for us, you know, usually are the college list, um, secondary school placement. And, and our reviews and, and the ranking. And I would add college scholarships to that as well. Mm. That's another one that people like to see. I That's think great. the fact that you offer so many different categories um, on the rankings, you know, when, when a school really takes the time to do the, I think it's the, you click see all, right? And you get all those <laughs> visuals and all the categories. 
it's not just about looking at those 20 or 25 categories. And to me, it's it's about that strategic part of the school, whoever it is that makes those decisions or collaborates on it. What are the categories that matter the most? You know, if you're if you have a great ranking in athletics, but you're not branding yourself as a school known for athletics, is there really any relevance there, anything you can use? Whereas those categories that relate most directly to mission are the ones that I think have the most value, at least for me and for my school, if that makes sense. It does. I think that's actually a really great point in terms of thinking about the outcomes and the proof points that you prioritize through the lens of what makes the most sense for your institution. So even though they should all be inter interconnected and tell a bigger story about your school's value proposition, it might help you focus more to think about what it is that's really true for your institution. If you're not a school that has you know, a really strong athletics program, then you probably don't want to focus on that. You can focus on other things. And, you know, we all, we see the the school websites that have the fast facts or the at a glance, you know, data points at the bottoms of their websites. And a lot of the time they're the same. They all emphasize the same things, but there there really isn't standardization in terms of, of what makes the school unique. Each school has its own story to tell. And that's really a lens that you can use to look through with these proof points. We have so, a lot of. I'm sorry. Go uh, ahead, Megan. Oh, sure. Well, we've we've tried to like on our website. Um, you know, we're a Catholic school. We are very um, one of our, you know one of our core values is service. I mean, as many schools are, but we heavily focus on service. So we try and quantify that. How many countries are we serving? How many um, you know clothing drops have we made? How many food you know sandwich sandwiches have been made? We try and kind of quantify that stuff not just to do it, but that relates to our mission as a school. So you can kind of get to understand what's important to us, which is service, but you're seeing it in a different way. You can also make cool infographics, you know, related to that, that can be used in your emails, on social media and your, on your website. So um, yeah, I, I think related anything related to your mission is key. So that actually prompts a question for me hearing Megan, um, when she, she talked about um, being a Catholic school, does do different, categories of schools, and I think this could be great for the audience as well, do different categories of schools see different types of ranking data? So Catholic school, we're a boarding school, right? So I'm obviously getting some data around where we stand in the boarding world. Is Megan also getting data on where she stands in Catholic education? Uh, is that the case? The, on the niche okay. platform, yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. I didn't realize that. that that's great to know. How are those categories determined typically? Is that determined by niche? They're determined, but yeah, it's a, it's it's part of essentially the school categorization process. So we know which schools are public schools versus Catholic schools versus boarding schools versus independent schools. And so your category informs where you fall within those different areas. Excellent, thanks. Sure. Great question and great examples, Megan. Um, so to go a little bit further, are there some proof points that you have found to be more effective than others in terms of helping prospective families understand what's unique about your individual schools? Um, I think these, oh. No, go ahead, Joe. No, I think <laughs> case studies um, where you actually talk about an alumni and not just the alumni that 
graduated last year and went to um, UVA, but the one that graduated, you know, 40 years ago and is now a member of Congress or is, um, you know, a head of, you know, vice president of Microsoft or and having testimonials from them later in life where they talk about their, their experience at the school and what it was like um, and how that influenced them, not just when they were in high school or when they got to college, but life, but as a lifelong journey. Yeah, I, I, one of the other ones that I, I believe is is impactful are are very recent graduates who can kind of make the case that the preparation they received, for instance, from our school, from Brennan Hall, prepared them for year one, prepared them for year two of college, right? I think those um, those are maybe sometimes hard to hone in on, but they're very specific, and I, I think that's something that I hear parents provide a lot of feedback on. They want that information. They want to know that we either track it or they're getting that that information from somewhere. Yeah, ours is a little less um, formalized, but I mean, we, you know, we do a lot of outreach with our, our recent alums. So we, we do, um, you know, magazine projects where we'll interview former uh, students, but we usually do a first year check-in um, with our recent grads. And they are then talking about what Dean said, you know, how prepared they were, um, you know, and just what aspect of our program stays with them and carry. And then you see that as we continue to follow them throughout their college journey, because we continue to check in with them. Um, so I, I agree, I think parents are, are looking for that. They wanna know that they're sending their child to your school with that end goal, um, yeah. And I mean, we've seen it, we do a lot of videos um, on our campus and we try and use, um, you know, as many stats as we can, even in the videos. So while we'll do, I, I mentioned service earlier, we'll do like a service day video, but we include all of the statistics on service, what percentage of our alums go on and do service in college and beyond. Um, so we try and include that. It, it's just a fun video that we do annually for our community, but it's also used for marketing because prospective families want to see that as well. Absolutely. And are you doing that video in-house, Megan? Yes. Yeah, I have somebody in my office. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness, indeed. <laughs> so I want to get a little bit more tactical. And this was a question that came up in the chat, so I'm coming for you. Um, how are you all actually using some of these proof points. You know, we talked a little bit about your websites. Dean talked a little bit about using niche, um, but I would love for you guys to dig a little bit more into how you're actually what where all all of the places that these pieces of information live, because I, I think that's where people can get a little stuck. You know, beyond the website, where are we putting all of this information, and how are we using it? We actually do weekly reminders to our parents with, and it's it's not just here's our here's your the dates and places you need to be, but we actually include you know short articles and tidbits and things to keep top of mind because because ninety plus percent of our families and for a lot of private schools that's true it's word of mouth so just mm -hmm. keeping our families educated about what's going on in the school and what the data is and and so they were so it's so it's top of mind for them so when they're talking to their friends and family um they're helping promote the school and and much more organically that's great for retention too those reminders of the value that they're getting 
in in boarding schools in particular, especially those with large numbers of international populations that market to you know 25, 30, 40 different countries, I think um, one of the proof points for us is being able to use the data to help market to our different agents and agencies we work with. So that that not really even families or, or parents. That's directly you know these the third party. Um, folks that work in a professional capacity with families on behalf of families that place students in, in boarding schools. So that's kind of a different kind of, I think, audience. That's great. So we use them everywhere. Um, you know, whether that, as you mentioned before, you know, the website, social media, um, we use them for parent talking points for tours that they'll take prospective uh, families and students on. Um, we just, it's a one cheater that they just have um, kind of in their back pocket, literally. Um, we send out postcards, you know, uh, you know, randomly to targeted, you know, zip codes, household income, all that. Um, so we'll use them there. We will use them in our um, email workflows to prospective families. So to our leads list and our inquiries lists, they'll be in there. There's different workflows set up based on your interests. So you'll get um, different proof points based on where you fall. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'd say they're they're kind of everywhere. They're they're essential to our marketing strategy. I think that's a great point um, that Megan made. That that idea of almost segmenting the different markets and using the proof points that are the most appropriate, most appealing to those. Right. It it takes a lot more work, and I, I think small schools in particular are probably going to be more challenged with that if they don't have a a marketing team or you know someone in the school is wearing five hats and marketing is one of them but it's still really important to take the time to do that also you know conversely and i think it's important to to be able to respond to those that those people in in our communities that aren't driven by or impressed by rankings right there, there is a there is a there's large groups of people who look at them in dubious ways so i think a school needs to be ready okay you have this great ranking but what does that really mean what is it based on what 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 is this used to 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 do these calculations right i, I think it's important for someone at the school to have that knowledge and to be able to articulate a response to that question because it's a great question I agree. I think being prepared for pushback on any of the claims that a school is, is making is probably a wise choice, you know, um, especially for those families who might be going into the process with a bit of skepticism to begin with, because we're, we're talking about instances where, in most cases, these families are making a significant investment. And I think the onus is on all schools to continuously reinforce the value of that investment. So being prepared to answer those questions is really important. So I have another data question, and this one came in um, in the registration process for the folks that are using more data points, um, like Megan with, with the service data points. I, I love that idea. How do you balance all of the data that can be available about what your school is doing well? with articulating it in a way and that's actually meaningful to prospective families and to current families to from a retention standpoint hmm. that's a good question um, 
I, we have so much data and, and that's a good thing and a bad thing because um, sometimes you could just have just data overload and you're like, what is this story actually telling me? Or am I telling a story or is this just a lot of information that nobody can understand? We used to, I wish I had it here to hold it up. I, I made this really awesome, I thought, uh, brochure yeah. and all it was was an infographic, but it had, I mean, probably a hundred different data points on there and it while very cool it could also be overwhelming you're like what am i looking at um so you know we have a really great admission team with a really great data manager and she's very patient um with working with us and we we kind of just take all of the information that we can and have it there and you know kind of as dean said we segment so who's ready to digest this information at this time based on our personas or our target audience um so we just we try not have data overload like my old brochure uh, we learned from that and just segmented you know the you know the lists to make sure everyone's getting the relevant information um and that it's not overload but yeah i mean it can be very daunting when you look at everything because you can there there's so much hopefully I, i'm assuming most of our schools have a lot of data if you if you're looking for it i do think Oh, go ahead, Dean. I was just going to say, uh, you know, when you have that significant amount of information and metrics at your fingertips, I think the overarching question really needs to be which of these data points aligns and ties directly to our mission? Because when it comes down to it, that that's what, what matters the most. That's what's going to help, I, I believe, help the most to kind of push a school forward to make sure that brand mission and the data is all you know just a, a beautiful line so i think that helps to to distill it down a little bit at least when you're looking at that much that's great that was very quotable dean i love that okay. <laughs> brand mission and data that's fantastic um, now, this goes a little bit back to what Dean mentioned about some pushback. When you're asking families for this information, and to Joe's point, doing that sort of net promoter score approach with the emails, inevitably you're going to come across some feedback that's not so great, that peels back the curtain on some things that, that might need a little bit of work. And so what advice would you give to people in your roles for dealing, one, digesting and processing that information, but also approaching colleagues who are front on the front lines in these areas without ruffling their feathers. I could see where some of this might go back to that bigger why, which we talked about earlier, but I would love to hear each of your takes on that. Well, we don't want to, our staff is aware the emails are going out because they get one themselves as a staff member. And we are very proactive in responding quickly. Um, you don't want to do a survey and then have it sit around for two months and find out that a parent had a question about an event that already happened. Um, so you, you do need to make sure you're being timely and that, you know, if, if everyone's sort of on the same page as this is what we do, then their, you know, their feathers aren't going to necessarily get ruffled. Um, and you're, you know, we're, I, I think it's my job as the CEO of the school to look for problems. Um, I'm always, that, that is, I am looking for what we can always improve. And if we think we're perfect, then we're in trouble. Um, and so that's, that's sort of how I see my position. And so I'm always out there going, how can we make it even better next time? 
And we, you know, we, we sit, when we do events, we send surveys out and say, what did you like? What didn't you like? And we do a, we do a, get, the more feedback you get, the better you can operation you can run. Um, and that, that's how we handle it. Yeah, I mean, you know, our division heads, our head of school, they all see the results. We don't hide that from them. Um, but, you know, we need that negative feedback. We, as Joe said, nothing is perfect. We're not, uh, you know, excellent. Well, we are excellent, but, you know, we're not, um, we're not perfect at everything. So the purpose of the surveys is to find where the gaps are. So we're listening to them and, and it's actually being used. Right. Dean? Yeah, again, for me, I think it, like anything else, prior to an ask, there there's a vetting for me that takes place. I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to ask people who are happy with our school to do a review if they want to do it. Uh, a parent survey or a family survey that's used for internal, that's a whole different type of, you know, just a whole different type of tool. So I, I just, I, I don't think of, of my work with the niche platform in the same way as I do with a, you know, surveying our parents to kind of figure out how we can do better for our students or even our faculty. I'm, I'm doing some vetting first, at least on the people that I'm going to ask, because the truth is anybody can get on and start an account and write anything they want. So to have some management or control over at least one portion of that segment, I think is important. And you want to focus on people who care about your school, who are going to be your evangelists. That's good. So speaking of niche, I do want to talk about something that's pretty timely, and then we'll take some more questions from our attendees. Our rankings just came out last week, so this is a very relevant and timely conversation. Um, but this one is a little bit more specific to that. So um, all of you are, are familiar with the platform. You've seen the rankings. I would love for you to just share how your schools use not just niche, but similar sites in your admissions and marketing work and what advice you would give to others about how they can get the most out of these channels. Well, with the with the current rankings, so we put it in an email. Um, we also have it on our website. Um, we have not done social media yet, but that is something we would do and will do. Um, we do, you know, not just for niche, but you know, we're on private school review. Also, we do use that in our emails. Um, we encourage parents to go there. We ask people to leave us reviews there. Um, what I love about niche is that there's a lot of different offerings for marketing. So, you know, we use the retargeting services, the email services. I mean, that, that works. I mean, niche is the number one referring domain to our website. So you can see that data that it's working. Um, and that's what we love about that. I think there are different aspects that are um, more appropriate for kind of social media versus what's appropriate for sharing you know, kind of internally or with faculty. So for example, the the actual letter grade that you give to a school the little logos or badges i think those make for great social media posts right because they can be whether it's best of 2022 or an a or an a plus type rating that's just that's something that's bold and big that i think is lends itself beautifully to social media and some kind of caption the reports that we get even the monthly ones i automatically share those with the internal leadership team 
throughout the year. So, I mean, I don't wait till just the end of the year for the new rankings to come out. That's still an exciting time and there's a lot of build up to it, but you give great data, you know, uh, glimpses throughout the entire fiscal year. Every month there's, there's great reports that you generate. Joe, do you have anything to add? Um, we'll also use, you know, we usually do a banner in the hallway for different awards that we get throughout the year. And so that the kids get excited about being part of the school and part and part of that. So um, as well as tying it into our newsletter letters and some other things. So it's, we, we, we also use it very similarly, but it's it's um, it helps sort of build school spirit. That's actually a great segue to a question that popped up for me. As you're gathering some of these testimonials and stories and, and reviews, are you sharing them internally with faculty and staff in addition to sharing them with families and prospective families, just out of curiosity? We do. Absolutely, yes. Mm -hmm. That's great. I think that can go a long way to in some of these other questions we've gotten about bringing people along with you and getting them to help where needed and, and, and helping them to feel like they're part of the process. Um, so now I'm going to jump into audience questions. So if you have some that you've been holding, now is the time to add those in the chat. This question's related a little bit more to, I, I suppose, broad, broader marketing in general. But the question is, how is it that each of your schools help board members understand what you're currently doing from a marketing perspective? And do you have a formal process for um, engaging your board and providing regular updates in what you're doing in that area? Uh, sure. I, I sit on the enrollment marketing committee of the board. It's a it's a offshoot of our board of trustees. So we have a few uh, trustees on that committee. We meet four, maybe five times a year. I think it's five times actually. Um, and so there are members of the board of trustees on it. There are other parents on it. There's other faculty and staff on it. Our head of schools on it. Um, and where I do a presentation with our director of enrollment management on that. So we'll look at where we are with enrollment numbers, but we're also, we'll also look at our current uh, marketing tactics. So it's a great opportunity for us to, you know, we get a couple of hours with these people. So it's nice to be able to sit in the same room or lately it's been virtually, um, but actually walk them through the latest strategies and have that one-on-one -on -one time to be able to just explain the decisions we're making, but also get their feedback. Do they think it's working? Have they seen other schools doing things they, they wanna know if we've thought about it or not? Um, so it's that kind of having that level of access has been really great. It's good to have time with the board to, um, you know, set side, time aside for um, marketing and admissions where you can sit down and, and get feedback and not just make it a check checkbox, but actually block some time and make it a, a working session. We actually have a board meeting coming up Friday. So this will be a topic. Um, I will share the latest results, um, but I think it's, important to point out from a, a CEO's perspective or a head's perspective, this is an opportunity to make an ask of your board. You know, they they can share this data through their social media channels. They can, they can again, be evangelists for the brand. It's not just the, the school and the operations side of things. There's things we need from our board members. 
And I don't think any of us should be timid, shy, or worried about making those asks either. It's a great point. It's a great point. Just adding a like and share when you do your description on social media, we always find that that makes it, you know, people do it if you say, if they read it and it says like and share, but if you leave that part off, it just sits there. So it's, it is a, just, it's a, you know, three words that make a difference when it comes to getting, making your, your social media post social. Great. I think there's some, do both of you also, Megan and Joe, do you find there's some educational component for, I mean, I don't know how much work you do with trustees around this, around the niche platform, but do you, do you feel like there's a little educational piece to that, to this, to like explaining what it is? Because they don't all necessarily know it. They might know the U.S. News College rankings, right? Um, but maybe not necessarily as much. What, what, do you, what have you found there? Yeah, um, I know during one of our, probably a couple of years ago, I sat and opened, I, you know, we had it on the big screen and I opened up our niche profiles and I showed the board what it was. Um, I showed the rankings. I showed, you know, how they could <laughs> leave us a uh, testimonial to your point. Um, so, yeah, but there there was a level of education there. Some of them were familiar just because some of them do work in marketing themselves. Um, but many of them had no idea that even existed. So that was very eye opening for them. We have a small board and they're very plugged in. So. Another question, and I think this is probably for you, Megan, since you mentioned using proof points in email workflows. What system are you using for your email campaigns? We use HubSpot. Yeah, um, we started with HubSpot maybe four years ago. I love it. Um, I don't want to do an ad for them, but I do love it. Uh, and it lets us really um, segment our audiences and do a lot of email automation that has, you know, we're not a huge team over here. So it, it's made my life a lot easier just to not set it and forget it, but set it and know that it's going to go and I don't have to remember to hit go. Um, so um, HubSpot's been great. You can also use Constant Contact though for that. I know that they do have email workflows, um, but yeah, HubSpot's what we use. And just we, to make sure we're, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, we use Keep, which is uh, HubSpot's competitor. And um, I, it's a lifeline. I don't know how you could, could how we, I could imagine going backwards and having to market without a good CRM platform. And we use Constant Contact. So you probably covered all the continuum there. <laughs> <laughs> email marketing. I, I, I did want to say as an aside for folks who aren't already using workflows or aren't familiar with workflows, we're basically talking about automated emails that you can send based on different um, family interests, based on different personas. Um, they're triggered on your website typically after a form submission or some other sort of action is taken and it saves you a lot of time, but really hard to do without a CRM. So if you don't have a CRM system, uh, that's something that you should definitely, if you can, look into adding to your toolbox in the near future. Do we have any other questions from the audience before we wrap up? I think everyone is overwhelmed by the information that you've all provided. 
That's been a really great discussion. Um, so if there are no more questions from our attendees, oh, what system do we use again? Let's repeat the, um, the email campaign system. So we've got Constant Contact, HubSpot, and Keep? Correct. Okay. <laughs> there we go. I can include that in the um, list of resources that will be available on the website afterwards, which is actually really great segue to our wrap up. As I mentioned earlier, this is going to be available as a recording, both on the Enrollment Insights blog and via email. On the blog, we'll have a list of resources that will be linked. So that will include Megan's fabulous PDF of what she sends to parents fabulous. when she asks for reviews. It will include links to each of the email platforms that were mentioned. Um, and for people who are wondering more about um, this topic, we'll add a couple of other nuggets of information for you there. We will also be converting this to an audio cast. So if you haven't attended one of our webinars or panels in the past, um, something new that we started doing last year is also converting them to an audio only format. So you'll be able to give it a listen wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. So with that, thank you, thank you, thank you to our panelists for your time this afternoon and all of your great insights. Thank you to our attendees. And I hope you all have a great afternoon. Great, thank you. Thank, thank you. you all.